Sports is recorded in Harrisonburg, Virginia, in the heart of the Shenandoah Valley. Starring Dave. Surprising little fun fact, King Griffey Jr. was the first number one overall draft pick to go into the Hall of Fame. Chris. ALCS MVP for the Houston Astros. Gary Sanchez. Brad. You're a professional. Act like you've gotten criticism before because obviously you have. And Joe. Yeah, Chris Davis is awful. And now, 4D Sports. And hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of 4D Sports. Let's talk about the final push toward the playoffs. It's coming up this week. And with the rain, it looks like all the games may not get in. The playoffs are going to be starting Sunday, July the 29th, whether they get all the games in or not. So that leaves only a handful of days. And I know the weather forecast is rain, rain, rain most of the week. Well, how fitting for the way the season has panned out uh, weather-wise, you know. Hard to get games in at the beginning of the season. and uh, Why not make it that much harder to get games in at the end of the season when you're already pressed for them? I was going to say, if there was going to be a theme for this year's season, it would have to be the weather. I mean, it's just been rainy constantly. But let's look over some of these playoff races. Uh, Percival, Front Royal, Newmarket, those teams are in. Uh, Front Royal has fallen off a little bit. They've only won three of their last ten, and a surging Percival winning seven of their last ten is caused them to overtake the Cardinals into first place right now. They're only a game up, so that could flip. Newmarket probably locked in there at that three seed, two and a half back of the leader, Percival, and a game and a half back of Front Royal. Again, there are some games to be played still, but I think it's probably, unless Front Royal continues to free fall, which I guess is not out of the realm of possibility, Newmarket a likely three seed, um, most likely, Front Royal and Newmarket will be playing each other, I would say. I think Percival's gotten hot. They appear to be a team that's on a roll going into the playoffs. I would expect to see them as the one seed in the North. Winchester is trying to hold on to the four seed. They've won five out of their last ten, also winning five of their last ten of the Strasburg Express. They find themselves three back in the North of the final playoff spot. And With that being said, let's look at the remaining games on the schedule first for the Strasburg Express. Again, they are three games back with six games to go in the season, so it's crunch time. The Express and the Royals will not be playing each other. Or, excuse me, they will be playing each other one more time. Uh, The game is scheduled for tomorrow. Again, tonight, their game in Percival still on. So, Strasburg will have to be going to Percival tonight. Again, at the time of this recording, it is Tuesday at 6.50, so approximately 10 minutes from game time. If they still get the game in over there in Percival, they have to beat the league-leading Cannons. Then they play Winchester in a game that can help them greatly and be a huge, huge swing. They will play the Winchester Royals at home. Then they go to Covington on Thursday where they will play at 1 o'clock on Thursday. Then they come back home for a game Thursday night against Woodstock. That's the good news. Woodstock has not been very good. Woodstock's only won five games this year, so probably going to win that one. Your problem is going to be the best record in the league is the Covington Lumberjacks. That's a tough team, and you're driving down there. 
And after that game, then you're asking your team to come back and play another game. That's just what the weather has done to Strasburg. Then they play Front Royal in a doubleheader to close it out on Friday, both at the Bang at 5 and 7. Strasburg will be represented as the home team in the first game. They will be the road team in the second game. But yikes, Uh, nothing like putting yourself in a little bit of a squeeze here if you're the Strasburg Express. They did beat the Royals on Monday 6-3 to in a rain-shortened game. They will need to beat them again on Wednesday to realistically have a shot. And they're going to need a win tonight, I think, against Percival, which is a tall order. You need to split your double header. I think realistically looking at the schedule, if you're Strasburg, you're probably looking and saying, okay, we can lose maybe one more game. Yeah, it's going to be crunch time. I mean, the, with only six games left and there's no guarantee that you're going to get them all in. Um, you know, it's it's not looking that good on your on i mean it's it's counting down it's you gotta you gotta be winning because you gotta assume that the other team is also gonna win a handful of games and you know that's that's just the way it is you only play them one time that's gonna be a must win so i mean yeah you got you just gotta win it's, i think it's in your hands yeah uh well that's the thing just win just do what you can control uh is what any coach would tell you in this situation but looking at the schedule Woodstock, as I mentioned, has only won five games, one in their last 10. But then you play Covington, winners of seven of their last 10. They're 24 and 14 right now. Percival, 22 and 14. They've won seven of their last 10. Newmarket, you play. They've won seven of their last 10 at 20 and 17. I mean, or excuse me, they do not play Newmarket. Um, Front Royal, you play, who's won three out of their last 10. And then it's Winchester. So the good news, you avoid Newmarket. You don't have to play Newmarket, who's another team that's red hot right now. But, man, I think it comes down to this Percival game tonight. If you get past Percival, you have two double headers on the docket. It's, I think fatigue might come into factor for Strasburg and the fact that we just haven't seen it from Strasburg where they've been able to put it put it together this long and now you're asking them at the end of the year to do something they haven't done yes this is where we'll see uh if they can get their players fired up see uh you know see what real see what the real team's made of i mean you know this is the final call final push uh i expect them to give it their all and you know uh we've seen the strasburg express play a few games over the over the years i Usually they put together a pretty good team that is very capable of pulling something like this off. I'm I'm interested to see if they can. Well, I mentioned that Winchester has a three-game lead. Strasburg has six games to make up. Winchester only has four. So what you're also saying is Winchester needs to lose three of their last four to tie and force a tiebreaker. And I don't – I guess it would go to head-to-head, and we'll check that out here in a second. But we mentioned Winchester plays Strasburg. They play Newmarket. So if you're Strasburg, not out of their own possibility to lose to Newmarket, right? Mm-hmm. And if you beat them, that's two of your three losses. Yeah, and you basically do have to beat them. Yeah, oh yeah. If you lose, they're, yeah. you're done. You have to beat them. Um, bad news, last two games are a doubleheader against Woodstock. It's not looking <laughs> great then, but you know, <laughs> you know, maybe Woodstock can put something together. <laughs> win a game. And, you know. Get a win. Put put their best pitcher out there for, 
know. You just need him to win one. You just need him to win one. Heaven forbid they sweat. I mean, okay, if Winchester loses all four, they deserve and miss out on the playoffs. You can honestly say didn't deserve to make it. <laughs> but they're gonna. You would think they could get one win out of their last four. And when you see the last day for them is Friday, the twenty seventh, with a doubleheader against Woodstock, you got to think. I mean, it is hard to beat the same team two times in a row. Um, I mean, I don't know. It, it definitely when you go up the first game, you got to be feeling pretty good about that. It's better than going down the first game, but you know, you got It's it's still hard to beat. The same team twice, and crazier things have happened in the world of sports. Uh, it's not looking very likely, but it is possible. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna look for that tiebreaker. Okay, so unless I'm missing something that here, and again, this is totally unofficial. I've just looked over the schedule, and this is assuming that the tiebreaker would be head-to-head. -head. That game will be the tiebreaker. The winner will have the advantage. So if Winchester wins, you're going to win outright. If Strasburg wins, it gets a little interesting. The playoff race that is a little bit closer and is going to, I think, go all the way down to the wire maybe is in the South. Covington, in. Charlottesville, in. Waynesboro, in. All three of those teams above 500. Where it gets iffy is 19-20. and 20. Stanton right now has a one-game advantage over 18-21 and 21 Harrisonburg. Both teams have lost their last two. Stanton's won five of their last 10 Harrisonburg's dropped six of their last 10. Uh, so Harrisonburg right now, a game behind Stanton for that final playoff spot in the South. Let's look at Stanton's remaining games. Stanton Braves will have three games left. Two of them at home. They play Waynesboro. They play Charlottesville. Both of those games are going to be tough for Stanton. And then they play Harrisonburg. Could you imagine coming down to the stretch? Wouldn't that be awesome? Coming down last game of the year for Stanton is against Harrisonburg playoffs on the line. That would be awesome on a Friday night. Uh, I tell you what, if that's the game, we might have to go to that one. Harrisonburg, the Turks, their schedule looks like this with three games to go. They've got two home games. Their two home games, though. And this is where <laughs> this is where if you're Stanton, you've got to be loving life because while you play Covington and Waynesboro, which Waynesboro is a really good team, I'm not trying to slack off. But if I have to pick with the other teams in the South, I'm picking Waynesboro over Covington, Charlottesville. I mean, both of those teams have just been dominating. Both of those teams winning seven of the last ten, and again. Uh, 24 wins, 23 wins for Charlottesville. But again, I mean, Waynesboro's got 22 wins on the year, so it's not like Waynesboro's a slouch. And Stanton's going to have to do work. I mean, they've, they've got a tough schedule as well. you got to beat Charlottesville, and you got to beat Waynesboro if you're Stanton. See, it's, it's this section right here where, and with as few games that are left with not a big gap between the two teams, I mean, it's like any of these teams that are playing each other they have the capabilities of beating each other at any given night, really. So it makes things really interesting. This could either pull away real quick or it could close up. We could see a quick swap. We could see it come down to the wire with the last game, and that would be pretty cool. I agree. Um, I think this one's going to be a good one to watch. I, I think um, I hope everyone 
pays really close attention to this uh, playoff race here right at the end in the South because I think I think that it's going to get interesting and any of those teams have the potential to carry that momentum through the playoffs, really. I hope Harrisonburg wins their next two games. And look, Stanton fans, I'm not saying I hope you miss the playoffs. I, I We have no dog in this fight. But just from a neutral standpoint and wanting to go to the game and have everything on the line in the game, I hope Stanton loses one of those last two games. Just so it's tied going into the last night. Winner takes all. Uh, I will say Harrisonburg has won three out of the five so far. So in the head to head. So Harrisonburg, I think they mentioned that if they can't get games in Saturday, so I, I would imagine if this game gets rained out Friday, it will get bumped to Saturday. And if it gets rained out Saturday again, because the playoffs are scheduled to start Sunday at the latest, I think that uh, it would then go to regular season head to head. So if they are tied going into that night, Harrisonburg would have the head to head, but hopefully the rain would hold off Friday. Again, that game scheduled Friday, 7.30 at Gypsy Hill Park, potentially with everything on the line in that game. Uh, wow. I mean, great stuff in the Valley Baseball League as they get ready to wind down to the playoffs. Well, we have an interview to give you. Uh, this interview was actually done, well, I guess a couple weeks ago now, but we did not do an episode last week, as I'm sure you've noticed. Uh, schedules just got in the way. And in fact, unfortunately, we weren't able to get to any games this weekend either. I was in Texas and on a little bit of a vacation and, uh, you guys were busy with work and other stuff going on. So you just weren't able to make it. Uh, but we, we will be trying to make it if the weather cooperates, we'll be trying to make it to a game here in the final week. And obviously we'll be going to as many playoff games as possible here in the Valley Baseball League. But this interview was with media relations intern and Charles of the Charlottesville Tom Sox, Zach Hamilton. And we have Zach Hamilton of the Charlottesville Tom Sox with us here on 4D Sports. And Zach, I understand you're one of the interns this season for Charlottesville. What exactly do they have you doing down there? In, in, uh, well, Thank you for having me. My main role with the Tom Sox is kind of the media relations guy. I actually call a lot of the games both play by play and color depending on the night. Uh, I run social media for the team, do press releases. I go out to local media every night, feature stories that can be seen on Tom Sox TV on YouTube. There's a few of my roles. Okay, and uh, what has been your takeaway of the 2018 Tom Sox? Well, 2018 Tom Sox has kind of turned into a little bit of a head-scratcher. They started out super hot coming off the championship from a year ago, and you know, it looks like Tom Sox were ready to be right there in the hunt again to take home a crown again this year. About midway through, you know, as is typical in summer ball, you lose some players because of inning counts or whatever the reason might be. Summer school, you have it. You know, it's something that every team deals with. It hit the Tom Sox really hard this season. We lost their three best pitchers statistically. Uh, right before the All-Star break. And we brought on a bunch of new guys that are still trying to really find their footing, find their roles with the team. Michael Portello had a great outing the other night in his first appearance and got the win against Woodstock. So there's been some bright spots, but right now the Top Sox are kind of still looking to find their identity in the second half, and they're on a little bit of a slide while they're trying to find it. Yeah, you mentioned that. Just three out of their last ten uh, for Charlottesville, and that's dropped them to two and a half behind Covington. But even with losing three out of your last 10, you have to feel 
fairly confident, uh, or at least the team does, only being two and a half behind Covington for the South lead. And right now, it it would appear with a three-game advantage over Harrisonburg and only two weeks left, most likely still going to make it to the playoffs. Yeah, you, you feel very confident having a, even a game up, game and a half up on Stan, who has actually beat Charles Hill twice this past week in 3-1 decisions. But this next week is not an easy one for Charlottesville by any means. Of course, tonight we host Waynesboro, uh, and that's a tough game, obviously, with the Generals, who have been just streaky hot as of late. They've really gotten better as the season's gone on. And then, you know, the next two games we host at home, Winchester, who's played well in the North, and then Covington comes to town for our final regular season matchup, and that's going to be a big one against the Lumberjacks coming up next week. So it doesn't get any easier. For Tom Sox over the next week, you'd say the last week of the schedule is pretty favoring for Charlottesville, but it's a long way to get there. Who would you say have been the players that have jumped out to you, Zach, uh, this summer for Charlottesville as players who have really made a difference on this team? Well, the one that hops off the board, if you look at the stat sheet, is Dom D'Alessandro, George Washington. He's played first. He's played right field. He's been DH most of the season. Batting 325. He has a now club record 44 home runs and you know we still have two weeks left in the regular season and he's had 44 rbis uh his six home runs is actually the most ever hit by a tom Sox in an individual season we've had guys that have been here for multiple years who have had double digits but the outside is six to have uh the single season record already he already has the rbi record he's just a guy when there's a runner on base you really hope it's him that's coming to the plate also zach ching hitting even 300 right now out of VCU. He's kind of locked himself in up the middle for the Tom Sox. He's kind of that go-to guy on defense. He's just a really solid fundamental player. He's actually doubled his RBI total for the season in the last five games, so he's really coming on strong. Now, the issue with that is both the Alessandra and Ching leave. I believe they leave tomorrow for the VBL Showcase team. That goes down to North Carolina to play, I think, it's the Coastal Plains League and a few other leagues. For a couple of days, so Tom Sox are going to lose their best two hitters right now, as well as the McMullen brothers who just got up here and have done a fairly good job of pitching for Charlottesville in the early going. Now, I know you don't follow maybe the other teams as closely as Charlottesville, but who would you say, when you've been there and you've watched the games, who on some of these other teams has impressed you? Well, the guy that has probably impressed me the most has been D'Alessandro, but if I came outside of Charlottesville's team, I would go with Chase Cheek from Lanesboro. He has the nitty-gritty characteristics of a leadoff ball player and, of course, a great find for Duke in the ACC. He's one of those guys you put him at the top of the lineup. He might not hit for power. He can, but he might not always hit for power. But he finds a way to get on, whether it's walks, making errors, forcing errors. You know, he finds a way to get on, and that's something that's very valuable. And when he gets on, he has electrifying speed uh, to run the bases. I was actually kind of disappointed. I was at the All-Star game covering it for the VBL, and, Everyone ran the 60-yard dash except for Chase Cheek. And I was really hoping to get to watch him run because I was really interested in exactly how fast he could run. I know he is one of the fastest, if not the fastest, guys in the VBL this year. And I'd say he's probably made the biggest impression on me. Okay, Zach. Well, we'll get you out of here on a couple just-for-fun questions that we ask everybody that we bring on here for an interview. Uh, First one, what is your favorite animated Disney movie? Animated Disney movie. Well, hmm. that's a tough one because I don't 
I never really watched the animated Disney movies growing up. I kind of was one of those, I watched sports or bus type play, uh, people. Um, so I'm going to have to go with none on that one. Oh, okay. And uh, what is a song that you like, but you're afraid to admit to other people? Ooh. Oh, let's see. Um, I'm actually going to go old, old school. And this is a Disney, it came from a Disney movie, actually. Uh, but it came from one with actual actors and actresses in it. Uh, it came out of, I remember the movie's called Another Cinderella Story. had Drew Seeley in it and someone else, I believe. I actually can't think of the song title now, but you, you get the theme from that movie. Uh, it was a good love romance song. Okay. I can't remember what it's called, but that, that's my inside scoop. All right, Zach. Well, we appreciate you taking the time to talk to us here on 40 Sports. And, uh, you know, we hope to see you in person maybe again up in Charlottesville. I know I got to see you there on opening day in Stanton, but we haven't made it out to Seaville Weekly Ballpark. Hope to make it either in the last couple weeks or perhaps in the playoffs. But, uh, again, thanks for taking the time to talk to us. And uh, good luck to you and the Tom Sox. And hope things go well after this summer. And I guess I should ask, maybe we'll close on that one. Uh, What is your goal here? I know you're interning and doing play-by-play and – media relations for the Tom Sox, but what are you hoping to turn this into when you graduate? Well, I have one more year left at George Mason up in Fairfax uh, this upcoming school year. I call basically all the games that play by play for uh, George Mason with the exception of men's basketball. So calling games is my passion and that's the road I'm wanting to go down to. And hopefully it all pans out. But yeah, that's kind of my plan is to find a way into calling some games and making a living out of it. All right. Well, thanks Zach again for taking the time to talk to us and have a good rest of the summer. Thank you. And again, uh, just thanks to Zach. Uh, no, it took us a little longer than it usually does to get this episode and that interview up. But, uh, you know, I explained it. You know, we're, we also have day jobs that we have to do to pay the bills and stuff. Some and, of us pay to do that full time job. So, you know. Yeah. Some of us are paying to do their job right now. Yeah. So they can graduate. Yeah. But, again, we're thankful that he took the time to talk to us. But, Brad, let's break down two of the most two important, the two most important answers we ask, uh, we get from anyone. We always ask those two questions at the end. Um, Hunchback of Notre Dame 2, Electric Boogaloo. Yeah, I mean, I feel sorry for him that he didn't have animated Disney movies in his childhood. Like, if he, he needs someone to talk to, you know. I mean, we got to be there Dude, for him. Netflix has you hooked up. I mean, Netflix doesn't have the best, but they've got some. I mean, they got Mulan. I'm, you know what? They got Mulan too. I think too. Uh, they used to. I don't know if they still have that. I'm right. not gonna go crazy and say I love Mulan now, but maybe I don't hate Mulan now. Oh, did you watch it recently? Uh, yeah, it's starting to grow on me a little bit. Did you watch it in Texas? No. Oh, that's weird. We watched horror movies when we were in Texas. Okay. <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre? No. Not even in Texas? No. Movie called Creep, and then the sequel Creep 2 is also on Netflix. But, um, and then The Purge. That was in theaters. Um, but anyway. Yeah, uh, he didn't have one, and of course, our rule. Yep. This year instituted, if you don't have a favorite Disney movie, it becomes Hunchback of Notre Dame 2. And then we come up with a different subtitle every week because no one knows what the actual name of Hunchback of Notre Dame 2 is. I'm I'm pretty sure we didn't use that one last time. but No, uh, I believe I said it was Hunchback of Notre Dame 2, Quasi Rings the Bells, or something like that. Um, 
Electric Boogaloo. Yeah, this week it'll be Hunchback of Notre Dame 2, Electric Boogaloo. So. Yeah, I would believe that that's the name. It's got a nice ring to it. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Interesting choice. And the song, uh, you and I have not heard of that movie. We have not seen that movie. I, If he started whistling the theme at me right now, I wouldn't know. So, but we appreciate his honesty. Yeah. Um, so thank you. From the way he explained it, uh, I could see how... I could see how that would be a guilty pleasure song. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? And he I, was very yeah. honest about it. We appreciate his honesty. And again, thanks for him taking the time to talk to us. And again, if you see us at any Valley Baseball League games, please don't be afraid to come up to us, say hi, uh, tweet at us, comment. Uh, what do you think about the final playoff push here in the Valley Baseball League? Is your team going to make it? Is your team going to win the championship? Uh, because the playoffs will start on Sunday, we will try to get a playoff preview. No guarantees. Depends on how the weekends turn out here. Um, but we will try to get a playoff preview episode up and break down some of those matchups. Again, those will be best of threes all the way through. So should be an interesting close here in the Valley Baseball League. We hope you're going to be enjoying it and partaking, hopefully more than we have the last two weeks. Uh, get out there and enjoy those baseball games. It's a lot of great young talent in the Valley Baseball League, and the playoff race is going to make it even more exciting. Again, for Chris and Dave, who were unable to join us, Brad, I'm Joe. Thanks for listening. And if you want to listen to part two, where we talk about the Manny Machado trade, welcome. Brad, uh, we are lifelong Orioles fans. Um, Unfortunately. We signed up for that by birth. Uh, we have grown up in this area. We watched Cal Ripken for years. We had the chance to get out and chose to be loyal. Yeah, we stuck by this sinking ship and said, no, no. We, oh. go, we go down with the ship. <laughs> captain, my captain. And we sank down uh, through some through some hard years. Uh, and then Buck came uh, and Dan and things turned around a little bit. We had some good years. From what, 2012? 2012 was the first year they went to the playoffs till now. So we've had about six, five years of competitive baseball. There at the end, it wasn't competitive last year. This year, we were competitive for about a week. And um, man, but we all knew this day was coming. I think some of us wish this day would have happened maybe a year ago. Uh, but we traded Manny about a week ago now. So we've had some time to digest it. The Orioles got five prospects in that trade. I guess first, Brad, uh, let's talk Manny memories. Uh, what are your some of your favorite Manny moments? Well, I have a comment to make about uh, Manny, but I'll bring that up later. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll bring that up later after after we're done talking about everything with him, but... Um, I'd have to say there's some disappointing moments that I remember, um, where, you know, he kind of had a little bit of an attitude thing, a young player. Um, he got in a fight with Josh Donaldson, I believe. Um, he, what, he was hitting catchers with his backswing and then laughing about it. Um, yeah, those were not those were not fonder moments. Um, however, when he charged the mound and he hit, who was that? It was uh, Ventura. Oh, that's yeah, that's in bad taste. Now that I bring that up, 
Never mind. I won't talk about that. Um, <laughs> yeah, the late Yandani Ventura. Yeah, that's in bad taste. Um, all right. Well, I mean, you know, it was Manny had he had he just had that vibe because we drafted him, and he he's he's a guy that we actually like. He was an Oriole, you know. And everyone else kind of that was anything we traded for him, and. So that he was different, and he's just that raw talent that you that you expect to see. Kind of reminds you of someone like a Cal Ripken was, and you know I remember I took him in fantasy baseball, and we have a keeper league, so I kept him through those surgeries. I decided to keep him, and I took that risk. It ended up paying off, and um, you know really he only had one down year, and that was him hitting two fifty. So that's usually some people's really good years. Um, wow. Uh, I'd have to say last year when the Orioles had their little bit of good streak and he was hitting those grand slams like often, I I think that was pretty cool to watch on TV. And, you know, I, I gotta say that's probably about the last time I watched the Orioles, um, and like followed them on TV as closely as I did because I mean, once they fell off the wagon last year and they fell off the wagon as soon as they did, as soon as the season started this year, I just haven't really been watching any of the games and didn't really want to, you know, get that invested in the Orioles this season. Cause I knew that it was, it was time to get rid of everyone. So. Yeah, I, I think you're right. You bring up the bad and the good Manny memories. Um, some of those moments, I liked him being feisty. There were other ones where I didn't. Um, I think one of the things that always frustrated me about Manny was just, especially earlier in his career, his willingness to argue with umpires on, and look, umpires aren't always good. I'm not going to be one of those guys. And trust me, you know, me as well as anybody, Brad, I've, spent many nights sitting there going, why do we even have these guys behind the plate? And why don't we go to a robot strike zone? But sometimes the pitch is in the strike zone. Manny doesn't swing or it's very close or the umpires just called that a strike the whole night. And we're in like the ninth inning and Manny takes a close pitch and it's strike three. And then he sits there and tries to argue. And I'm like, dude, just swing the bat. Like, and the other problem for him is he's surrounded by strikeout machines. So yeah. every strikeout he has is even more frustrating because I'm like, oh, you weren't supposed to do that. You were supposed to get hit. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think, you know, the first year he came up making that hot, hot play in the field where he faked, got the runner between third and home, and then we got that out against the Tampa Bay Rays, I believe it was. Yeah, That's just a play that will stick with you forever. And I think, you know, I've heard other people talk about this, and I totally agree. Manny Machado at third base is one of the best to ever play the position. Manny Machado at shortstop is eh. He's average to below average. My understanding is that the Dodgers said, hey, if we need you to play third, you're going to play third. And he said, that's fine. He's okay with that. I think he wanted to play shortstop with the Orioles. The Orioles weren't going to tell him no because they wanted to try to increase his value. Although I think the Orioles should have figured out, hey, he's actually not that good of a shortstop and moved him to third base again. And just because Tim Beckham isn't really good at either. 
third or short. He's like an okay shortstop, and he's a terrible so third baseman. So you might baseman. as well have the best to play the game. So you might as well position. have one of the best to play the game yeah. at third. And look, the Orioles have had some great third basements. They've had Brooks Robinson, who was an he's a Hall of Famer. He's an absolute legend. One of the best Orioles to ever play. Uh, one yeah. of the best MLB players to ever play. And you had one Cal, of the best shortstops move over to play third. Cal yeah. played short for years, moved over to third, where he was still pretty good at third. Uh, you know, I, I just think you had Manny, and he's an all-world third baseman. I know people are going to say, well, Nolan Arenado m- might be a better third baseman. I don't think so. Uh, I'll be honest, I haven't seen as much Nolan Arenado as I have Manny Machado. But watching Manny night in and night out, uh, I just think he's... I'm, And I'm a little biased, so we'll get that out of the way. But but I'm going to take away some of your bias because I didn't mention these. His play in the field is what I believe makes him stand out from every other player. Yeah. Because you go back to last season when he would make all these backhanded diving stops, go to his knees, and still turn a double play. Like it was a routine ground ball hit square right to him. No problem. And, and a just, lot of that's also having Jonathan Scope's arm at second to whip it around. But, I mean... With that, with Manny to start that off and get that going, I mean, he's got one of the strongest arms. And you saw twice in the same year. Uh, the first one was Albert Pujols, I think. I don't remember who the second one was. Manny, you know, can't quite get that ball right on the line, ends up booting it a little bit into foul territory, doesn't give up on it, picks it up, and chucks the guy out at first. From the can. third base coach's box. Yeah, or further out. I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, the, the kid was sick in the field. He had a... Gr- good bat too i mean there were some years his bat was better than others the second half of the year last year it was really good and this year i mean this year he was the only i can't believe i'm about to say this him and mark trumbo who hey if anyone offers you anything (laughs) trade him uh but he was one of the only players actually hitting the ball this year and so it's gonna suck losing him for sure but uh, you know, this is what it is. And now we got we got the number five prospect in the Dodgers organization. Uh, according to Baseball Prospectus, at the midseason list, uh, he was ranked the number 31 ranked prospect in all of baseball. So you did get a top 100 prospect for him. You also got two more guys in the Dodgers farm system that are, you know, top 30 prospects in the Dodgers organization, according to MLB.com. And those are Dean Kramer and R- Ryland Bannon. Uh, Kramer, a, or Kramer, a pitcher. Bannon, a third baseman. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, I think the Orioles' biggest problem right now at third base is they don't have one. Um, Mount Castle, a guy who's projected to get promoted soon, the big knock on him is he can't play third base. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know what you do. The guys you have now aren't playing third base and they're not hitting. So I, I, at what point do you just say, who cares? And just do whatever. I think the Orioles, I think it's imperative to trade Adam Jones. I know there are a lot of fans who would scream and cry and maybe even, you know, just swear off the Orioles for life if they trade Adam Jones. But let's be honest, folks. What is, other than emotional value, what is Adam Jones bringing to the table? He's not a center fielder anymore. I guarantee you wherever he gets traded, he won't play center field. And he's taking up spots of outfield, young outfielders that you need to see if they're ready. You need to see if Cedric Mullins can play. You need to see if DJ Stewart can play. 
You need to see Santander on a regular basis. I mean, you need to see these guys. You need them in the lineup, and you need to just say, hey, what do we have? Because this year's over. This year's this year's done. This is one of the worst teams to ever put on the Orioles uniform, and when it's all said and done, maybe the worst. So you just need to see what the future is. And yes, if you come up to me now and say, Joe, when do you think the Orioles will be in a meaningful playoff race again? Five years seems pretty optimistic right now, but I think that's probably best case scenario. Definitely going to be longer than that. I mean, this is a dark future for sure. Yeah, we got a really good outfielder in this trade, and Buster only seemed to be really high on his opinion on this guy. But, um, you know, the other four, they're not they're not proven. It's It's just... I mean, it's a good thing we got as many as we did because you would hope that, you know, with a simple roll of the dice, maybe two, hopefully two of them will amount to be something. Like, like you'll get any kind of worth out of them. And then the other guys, it's it's just whatever, you know. But it's just you had one of the best players in all of baseball and you couldn't win. It, it You basically looked like the Cleveland Indians from Major League. Oh, there except, were nights. Except yeah. they never turned it around. <laughs> I was going to say, there were nights where it did look like Major League. I mean, there's too many fly balls in the outfield that just don't get caught. Um, and, you know, we've said this before on this podcast. It's time to cut Chris Davis. I know that contract is a lot of money, and you're like, oh, you're going to be eating a lot of money. And pay him anyway. I'd rather That money's gone. I'd rather pay him to not play for us. I'd rather pay him to not strike out a hundred and you know fifty times in hundred and sixty at bats. Like I, I'd, I'm just over it. Then you can move Mancini to first. That opens up another outfield spot, like we were talking about. Uh, Jones needs to be traded. Britton needs to be traded. If you can get a pack of gum for Brad Brock, he needs to be traded. Uh, Trumbo needs to be traded. It, it really, if the Orioles want to hold on to Dylan Bundy, I understand. Not too many other names would I be like untouchable. If people are asking, you need to be open and you need to be like, what do you got? I mean, you just need to be trading people. Britain is a must. You have to get rid of Britain and you have to get rid of Jones. Those are the two biggest pieces I think that absolutely have to go before the deadline. And if the Orioles are holding on to either one of them on August 1st, they've done this wrong. The, Orioles, the Orioles finally got rid of Tillman. They didn't get rid of him completely. Uh, they DFA'd him. Yeah, they cut him. Well, at least there's that. Minor victories, right? Colby Rasmus quit. Chris Tillman <laughs> got cut. I mean, it's just minor victories. Now, I, if we could I convince Chris, Chris Davis, Davis if Chris Davis would just quit, like putting on the jersey, he's already quit playing baseball. If he would just yeah. quit putting on the jersey, that'd be the best. He's never gonna quit though. He's gonna he's gonna keep going until <laughs> we gonna, cut him. He's gonna keep going until if his he contract. Quits, he runs doesn't out. get he doesn't get that money. Oh, dude. Oh, what a thief. But that will do it for us here on 40 Sports. Uh we hope you enjoyed our Manny trade talk and just Orioles in general is kind of what it turned into there. But what do you got? I for, I almost forgot. Um, there is something I want to say about Manny. I've kind of wanted to say it for a really long time. And oh, okay. I feel like now that he's departing. Now is the right time. Um, he kind of looks kind of weird. 
Are you going to say you secretly have hated Manny this entire time? I just always thought he has weird ears that stick out pretty, like, far. Just kind of weirdly, almost like cupped shape, kind of like Shrek ears almost, if they were, like, more normal shaped. Um, and, like, he's just got really sad eyes all the time. He does have sad eyes. Even when he smiles, his eyes, they look like, a sorrowed person's eyes. See, I always believed it was because in his heart of hearts, he knew he was never going to win here. And he was just hoping that he would one day escape. And then this new hairdo doesn't do him any favors. Oh no, I hate the new hair. Like, you know, he makes, he makes other people that got like Bryce Harper hair look like they know exactly what they're doing. And they've known this whole time because his hair looks bad. Yeah. I don't like his hair. It, it, doesn't look good on him. I don't think that specific style would look good on anybody. Um, it it's just not good at all. Just the shape. It the it's like slicked back and all greasy looking. It's not good. Not good. No. But that being said, I hope Manny. Yeah, I wish I him hope, the best. He's I in hope a better he does place. great. Yeah, and uh, he is in a better place. Yeah, at least we'll never have to play him. Well. We will eventually, but eventually, but it'll be like an interleague series. Yeah. We'll never play him in meaningful games. We'll cheer him when he hits a home run against us. It's fine. Yeah, unless it's in the World Series, which hilarious. But right, um, just please in free agency, don't sign with New York, Boston, or Toronto. I mean, if I get picky, also please not Philadelphia, or God forbid the Nationals. But I mean, wouldn't that be the worst? I if I have. If I have to settle Phillies or Nationals, definitely before Toronto, Boston, and New York. Well, you know all three of those teams are going to go hard after him. I don't think Toronto will. I don't think Toronto gains anything. They have Josh Donaldson. Yeah, but who do they have at short? Uh, No. They're not going to get him. They would get him just to make sure the Yankees or Red Sox don't. No, Boston and New York are my two biggest fears. And each of them only really, they don't need him. They just want him so that the other one doesn't get him. Which can't they just have a non, like can't they just agree, hey, neither of us need him. Let's let another team that does need him have him. No, it's not the Yankee and Red Sox way. No. They're the devil. It's true. So as long as he doesn't go to Boston or New York, I mean, again, please, also please not Toronto and also please not Philly and D.C., but just not Boston or New York. We will love you. And if he goes to Tampa, why? If he goes to Tampa, cool. I'm laughing. I'm laughing, but cool. Um, no, Boston or New York, I could see myself hating Machado again. Well, not again, but I could see myself hating Machado. But now, like, if he stays a Dodger or stays out in the National League, there is, I can't hate him. I mean, I might not like want him to win a championship for the Phillies or Nationals, but I won't hate him. Yeah. I'll still cheer for him. I hope he gets a homer. I've I've been excited to see his awesome start for the Dodgers at the plate. He did have a good start with the Dodgers. Yeah, best of luck to the Dodgers on their quest. But again, for Chris and Dave who couldn't join us, for Brad, I'm Joe. Thanks for listening to 40 Sports. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, 40 Sports Podcast. We're on Twitter at 40 underscore sports. Be sure to like and share the episode as well as, you know, again, 
Tell us what you think of the Manny Machado stuff if you're an Orioles fan or even just not an Orioles fan. Tell us what you think. And if you agree whether or not he looks weird. Let us know. Yeah, Brad wants to know desperately if you think he looks weird as well. Um, if, again, we're going to be at Valley Baseball League games. Check us out there as well. Uh, just We hope you enjoyed this episode. So until next week or maybe later on the weekend for a playoff push episode, we don't know yet. This has been 40 Sports. Good night.